0: Hello and welcome to the fourth episode of With Love from Scary Island. I'm your host Jazz and I'm so excited to be back in your ear holes or your car speaker, however you're listening to this. Hello and welcome to the new cadence of Friday Upload. This was a weird week honestly not that much happened i posted last friday a fendi friday on my instagram account at scary island pod because those are a thing that we do over there and my post was of erica it said hashtag fendi friday or hashtag fraud friday question mark with a picture of erica wearing fendi and the post was flagged for violating community guidelines i think this was erica's pr team but would love to know what you all think i'm gonna try to post it in stories on my instagram again it's at scary island pod i don't know what's going on with my voice um we're gonna forego pop culture news this week and move right into the bravo sphere with our personal analysis of below deck med episode 4 real housewives of potomac episode 2 roni another week in salem and beverly hills we'll round out with an excerpt from my first dates journal, which I have not decided on yet because I'm recording this at night. I just put a poll up on my personal Instagram at jazzrobs, J-A-Z-R-O-B-Z, and whatever is the winner of that poll will be the victim of this week's. Before we dive into the Bravo sphere, I want to thank the listeners that gave a five-star review and a special shout out to the listener who left a comment with their five-star review on Apple Podcasts a bunch of numbers said literally laughing out loud at the first date stories love it with a bunch of exclamation points wherever you're listening hit the follow button and leave a five-star review on apple podcast to help out the pod and follow me at scary island pod on instagram for real-time updates all aboard for scary island we are diving into the bravos starting with below deck med episode four i feel so out of the groove out of the loop because i watched an episode early of below deck med last week again i have no idea how that happened um but in this episode we continue with the crew out to dinner and chef matthews trying to start a fight with lexi aka miss bahamas For really no reason, and it seems like he's gonna end up ostracizing himself from the group by the end of the season, which we know time will tell, but I'm sure that the producers are doing just a little bit of foreshadowing here. This also made me wonder if Chef Matthew is bumping up the drama for the cameras or if he is honestly that much of a bitch but it's sees birthday when we're here the whole crew wants to get loose like goose throw back shots on chef matthew's dime and just have a good time um it was really surprising seeing that they brought the after party to the master cabin since that's normally a big no-no from the chief stews but katie seems different she seems like a breath of fresh air from a chief stew perspective and the crew really seems to be getting along you know it seems like they haven't really been bumping up the drama but as we see in the previews for future episodes that is definitely quickly approached time will tell not that much happened in this episode and i'm sure there'll be a juicier recap next week moving into real housewives of potomac season six episode two the gift that keeps on giving the commentator count that i talked about last episode is now at two we will all be playing a drinking game together at either the finale or i'm thinking part three of the reunion after all of the insults that were brought on from giselle and karen where we left off in episode one all of the women are trying to figure out what they were saying and mainly Karen, which was hilarious. They were asking, what is Sing Sing? Is this old lady code? Is this a TikTok thing? And Karen is trying to deflect because she realizes that, you know, her insult or her, whatever we might call it, saying that Giselle went to Sing Sing was a flop because she didn't know that Sing Sing is a prison and a place. So in this scene, we see that there might be some issues between Wendy and Mia, and that brings us right into Mia's solo scene with her family, which it was great to get to know more about her being a new housewife, especially so early into the season. We see her penthouse. We meet her husband, Gordon. His full name, Gordon Thornton, reminds me of a Who from Whoville. Anyone else? Then we go to the Green-Eyed Bandits with Giselle and Robin at Giselle's new place and Giselle is saying that Jamal is truly living through the phone in her confessional, and Karen was probably eating that up because we know that she's watching, and that got me thinking, do we know if Karen's allegations from the last reunion are true that Jamal had a baby with another woman while he was with Giselle? I could have easily googled this, but I'd rather just ask into the void here. I'm testing out how shorter episodes perform with engagement, so I'm just gonna fly right into Karen and Ray's love party. Mia and Gordon are the first to arrive, and we already know that Giselle, Robin, and Juan declined, but Candace, surprisingly, confirmed the RSVP. Um, In the first few minutes of this event, soiree, love party, we're getting very awkward energy, and Ashley, of course, arrives without Michael. When Candace and Chris arrived, I just love them together. They're all discussing the aftermath of the argument with Giselle and Karen, and Mia really seems to be changing her tune about Giselle, and is skating back to that hashtag Team Karen. Do we think that Mia's trying to align with whoever is higher up the totem pole or hierarchy of Potomac? Because in the current hierarchy of Potomac, I think Karen is the HBIC, which brings Wendy and Mia into an argument over essentially loyalty to the group. And I was kind of Team Wendy on this one. However, I do think that Wendy is trying to create some form of drama for herself to kind of solidify her stakes in her second season. I really did love seeing their relationship game because Wendy and Eddie are so in sync and we really got to learn more about the couples. Um, I absolutely loved that none of the ladies are buying that Mia was a bartender at the strip club that she met Gordon at. We saw that that also played out on Twitter and Instagram this week with the feud that is still strong between Wendy and Mia. On Roni, we jump right back into the argument with Sonia and Bershon, and the ladies, like myself, seem to be Team Sonia. It really seems to fizzle out. The ladies go back to Leah's room. But then in the morning, we see Leah calling Luann to tell her about the physical altercation that Sonia and Bershon got into in her room. Leah's really explaining the aftermath with all of the ladies. We see Bershon seems to be absolutely unfazed in her hotel room. And when Leah, Luann, and Ramona meet up to really discuss it, they all decide that they need to say something about Sonia's drinking, not as a call of judgment, as a call to their friend. I just don't understand why the ladies felt the need to approach Sonia about her drinking when she had already started drinking for the evening. Why couldn't they have either had the conversation before they all went to dinner or the following day? Especially because Sonia did seem quite lucid when Ramona was trying to lure her over, but again, maybe that was the water pills and she was really that drunk. When they got to the seance, it was very emotional. I thought this lady was going to be a joke, but she really seemed to know her stuff. She was speaking about Leah and Ebony's grandmothers and also brought up Sonia's father, which was extremely emotional and really highlighted the issues that she had growing up as it pertained to her father's, you know, lack of support in her life and his drinking as well, which seemed like Luann and even Ramona did not know about that at all and it was really nice to see Sonia open up because after all these years it has been very surface level with Sonia and this family dynamic that she struggled through really helps to explain her tangents when she's going on a loop to alleviate her mind from the trauma and then we move into the mid-season trailer. Now let's move into something lighter with Beverly Hills. When we open the episode, Erica is selling the Pretty Mess Clubhouse, and she says that she hasn't gotten a single dime from Tom since she's filed for a divorce, but what happened to the $20 million that she funneled from his accounts into her LLC, that's Pretty Mess LLC, and what about the house she's living in that is rented by Pretty Mess LLC that was also funded by Tom? Kyle wants to have a girl's trip at her desert house with the ladies and did anyone catch that she put Lisa in the casita while Gina from OC considers her whole home a casita? Before Erica arrived, all the ladies are in the kitchen kind of unpacking their things and Dorit is the one who's really spilling the beans and giving the detail on what she read from Erica's court proceedings that day. But isn't it ironic that Dorit is speaking on Erica's frozen assets when her own assets with her husband were frozen only a year earlier? But Kyle's busy making her lasagna. Crystal and Sutton are at the bar together. Everything seems hunky dory, and then Erica comes in, and the ladies go to console her because she's crying. And we know that it's going to be a little bit of a vibe killer, if you will. Moving into an Erica deep dive with the rest of this scene, I really want to unpack and dig a little deeper into some of the things that Erica had said because a lot of these things with Erica are not adding up. And I would love to know the conversations that Erica had off camera with the women about what they can or rather what they should not bring up in their confessionals because Lisa's confessional in her hot pink outfit and her hot pink lips seems to be very strategic with the verbiage and it's giving us just enough but not her whole feeling on the situation. Erica seems to be very contradictory in her interviews and obviously the press and now even more obviously maybe in her current social media presence and I do think that she saw filming while it was happening over the holidays as an opportunity to really direct her narrative. I know that an article just came out about Tom's camp saying that Erica is acting and she very well could with that seemingly out of nowhere Erica brings up Tom's car accident from three years prior and said he drove behind the house into the woods ends up completely turned around is thrown from the car then she says she's assuming that he was with another woman but she had just told Garcelle one or two episodes ago that there wasn't any other women. So was it an affair? Was it not an affair? What percentage of the story is true? Make it make sense, especially because how is he driving behind the house when you have a pool behind your house? Did he drive into the pool? You needed to go over this off camera, practice your lines a couple more times, and then get into this while they were filming. She had two hours in the car that she could have strung up this... Fabrication. Let's also unpack Erica's new confessional look, which looks like a Savage X Fenty silk pajama set. While I love Crystal's new confessional look, we're getting glitzy girly glam erica's is giving me very much doing her own glam wonky lash brat stall that went through the washing and then when that's all done we get some form of mid-season trailer teas which looks so juicy i'm absolutely living for dorit's glam and i'm really excited to see crystal sharing some more of her culture and celebrating the lunar new year given such a high profile case and Erica could very well end up being criminally charged living for Dorit's glam and I'm really excited to see Crystal sharing some more of her culture and celebrating the Lunar New Year but I have to wonder do we think that Erica will be asked back next season Erica's life is a pretty mess and with that my first dates journal When I moved to California, I started a journal that I'd write about for all of my first dates, whether they were fueled by Tito's, super cringe, I got catfished, or they were amazing. In the spirit of exposing men while exposing myself, I've decided to pay homage to the names of this podcast with love from Scary Island. I've slightly changed guys' names or added nicknames for their privacy but mostly because this is embarrassing for myself i may also start polls on my instagram about which i should talk about each week so be sure that you add at scary island pod at scary island pod on instagram okay When I moved to California, I started a journal that I write all about my first dates and in the spirit of exposing men while exposing myself, I want to pay homage to the names of this podcast with love from scary island by sharing all these excerpts with all of you that are listening to this random ass podcast. As a disclaimer titles of the segment as well as working names they are a working title so I'll let you think about that this was a true date from the city in February 2020 I met Spencer on hinge and we texted for about a month before meeting that was my first mistake note that but he was so sweet and I thought that we would hit it off so I was excited to go on our first date We met at a dive bar on the pier, and when I got there, Spencer was chatting with two 50-something-year-old tourist moms at the bar. I figured he was just being friendly, so we welcomed the conversation, thinking it would wrap up. Boy, was I wrong. Please note, this is exactly what I said in my first dates journal. He tells the two ladies about his childhood, how we met on a nap, Bumble, And this is our first date. I chimed in a bit just to be polite, but this was 25 minutes in and I was really over the conversation, especially because I was sober and we were at a bar for our first time for drinks. The ladies tell us how good we look together, how beautiful our babies would be, and ask us if we would take a selfie with them. Very weird, but we took the selfie anyways with just us and they said that we would be invited to their wedding if they ever had one, dot, dot, dot. We, parentheses, finally got a round of drinks and a shot for each of us to go around as we could continue chatting. Spencer was good looking, had nice hair and bright blue eyes. The beginning of our date oh my gosh, I like cannot even read what I was saying. The beginning of our date just made me not as interested. Spencer went to the bathroom and as a good looking Middle Eastern (laughs) bartender came up to us, he told me to stop looking so bored. I told the bartender that I was literally very bored and we will see how this night goes. 20 minutes later, spencer my date goes to the bathroom and again it says and again and at this point i'm convinced he's new page doing coke oh nice okay at this stage i'm convinced that he's doing coke am i normal question mark no anyways is this normal question mark anyways no that's exactly what i wrote The bartender comes up to me again, pours me a shot, and we take it together, and I learn that his name is Sal. Sal tells me that I should ditch my date, but I couldn't figure out how to do so because we're literally on a first date. New paragraph. My date comes back, we have another drink, and decided to go to a tapas restaurant that's nearby. My date... I don't even want to say his name anymore. (laughs) My date... Went to the bathroom one last time, and the bartender said that I should come back and hang with him and basically abandon my date. The bartender and I were having fun banter, and although it was only my first date with not even the bartender, I was open to all conversations and opportunities. Spencer and I, who was the person that I was going out with, Went to the tapas restaurant and the bartender gave me a wink on the way out which was fucking savage because it was literally right in front of the person that I was going out with. I tried to like Spencer but I was already turned on by the bartender and ended up wanting to go on his date instead. Once he closed out the bill, he wanted to go somewhere else but I said I was tired and wanted to head home. Again, we went somewhere else. And I basically abandoned my date for our bartender, which we were left alone. He left. I went to go see the bartender. Then what I wrote was what I actually did was go back to the bar comma, hang in sell section, comma, got his number comma, a kiss goodbye comma, and a free Uber home period. CoVID happened, period, literally that week, so we didn't get to go out ever again. And that is that of my dating life. Wow, that's embarrassing. Well, all right, everyone. I hope you enjoyed episode four. Support by following this podcast on Instagram at Scary Island Pod and the same name on Spotify Podcast with love from Scary Island, and a follow and five star review on Apple Podcasts with the same name with love from scary island and i'll read your reviews out loud i would love to hear a comment from you until next time we're departing from scary island and i'm so sorry that this was such a mess